This is Space Time, Series 26, Episode 53, for broadcast on the 3rd of May, 2023. And for those listening to the show on the following day, may the 4th be with you. Coming up on Space Time... Scary Barbie stuns astronomers. The rock comet Phaethon just got weirder. And a dead NASA satellite crashes back to Earth in an uncontrolled re-entry. All that and more coming up on Space Time. Welcome to Space Time with Stuart Gary. Astronomers using an artificial intelligence program have discovered a monster supermassive black hole in the process of ripping apart a giant star in the brightest, most energetic and longest-lasting stellar disembowelment ever seen. Technically known as a tidal disruption event, this murder case involves the dramatic death of a star at least 14 times as massive as the Sun. It's being torn apart by a supermassive black hole of at least 100 million solar masses in a forgotten corner of the sky over 13 billion light-years away. The event, reported in the Astrophysical Journal Letters and on the pre-pressed physics website archive.org, has been catalogued as ZTF20ABRBEIE and given the nickname Scary Barbie. Barbie because of its alphanumeric designation and scary because astronomers think its characteristics are absolutely terrifying. Yet despite the enormous magnitude of this event, it's remained hidden in plain sight. That's because it was so far away and in what is really considered by astronomers to be a backwater part of the universe. The study's lead author Danny Milseljevic from Purdue University says it's simply the most energetic phenomenon he's ever encountered yet it remained undetected for years in a mass of computer-generated telescopic data. Well, Soljevic says it's absurd. If you take a typical supernova and multiply it a thousand times, you still couldn't match the brightness of this event. And supernovae are among the most luminous objects in the sky, outshining their host galaxies. The object's what's known as a transient, something that's observed in the sky that appears either once and then disappears or changes in some dramatic way over the course of a few hours or days, rather than centuries or millennia. The massive gravitational forces surrounding a black hole, known as a tidal disruption, can pull other objects apart in a process called spaghettification. Milseljevic and colleagues think that's what's been happening here, but on extreme timescales, the most massive of black holes ripping apart a very massive star. The star would have been an O or B blue star. And the duration of the event is also unlike anything astronomers have ever seen before, producing what appears to be the most luminous transient in the known universe. But the question remains, if Scary Barbie's so bright and so notable... Why was it only noticed now, even though the data sets indicate it was first observed back in 2020? Well, the kudos for that needs to go to a new artificial intelligence engine which the authors have developed, known as the Recommender Engine for Intelligent Transient Tracking, or REFIT for short. 
Its job is to comb through observations from a number of telescopes around the world, including those made by the Zwicky Transient Facility, which uses the Palomar Observatory in California. It's doing big data analysis. Lasaljevic says it sifts through millions of alerts and then figures out what's interesting, things astronomers might want to take a closer look at. And once refit, and then the authors identified Scary Barbie as an intriguing opportunity for research, they used data from other telescopes, including the Lick Observatory in California and the giant Twin Keck telescopes in Hawaii. Spectroscopic analysis shows Scary Barbie isn't just orders of magnitude brighter and more energetic than any transient scientist have ever recorded before, but it's also lasting much longer than most transients do. See, most transients last maybe a few days, maybe weeks, at the most months. But this one's been around for over 800 days. That's more than two years. And the latest available data shows that it may be around for years to come. Now, mind you, the actual event itself, that is, the spaghettification of a massive star, may be on much shorter timescales. But because the transient's so far away, the laws of relativity slow down the light as it travels to human eyes, making it seem to last nearly twice as long. The authors believe there could be few things in the universe this powerful with reactions that take this long. They say discoveries like this open one's eyes to the simple fact that we're still uncovering mysteries and exploring wonders of the universe which we have no knowledge about. Things no one's ever seen before. This is Space Time. Still to come, the rock comet Faith on just got weirder and a dead NASA satellite crashes back to Earth in an uncontrolled re-entry. All that and more still to come on Space Time. A new study claims the cometary tail generated by the weird asteroid Phaethon isn't dust but sodium gas. The new findings reported in the Planetary Science Journal have made the strange so-called rock comet even stranger. Astronomers have known for a while now that asteroid 3200 Phaethon acts like a comet. It has a comet-like path through the solar system, and it brightens and forms a tail when it's near the Sun, and it's the source of the annual Geminids meteor shower. Up until now, astronomers have always blamed Phaethon's comet-like behaviour, that is the tails that it creates as it goes round the Sun, on dust escaping from the asteroid as it's scorched by its close encounter with the Sun. Phaethon approaches the Sun nearer than any other named asteroid, with a perihelion of less than 21 million kilometres. That's less than half of Mercury's perihelion distance. Now, getting so close to the Sun causes surface temperatures on the asteroid to reach more than 750 degrees Celsius. However, this new study, using two NASA solar spacecraft, reveals that Phaethon's tail isn't dust, but it's actually made up of sodium gas. The study's lead author, Quiting Zhang from Caltech, says analysis shows that Phaethon's comet-like activity cannot be explained by any kind of dust. Asteroids, which are mostly rock, don't usually form tails when they approach the Sun. However, comets, which are a mix of rock and ice, typically do form tails in a coma as they get nearer the Sun and the heat from the Sun begins to vaporise their ices, causing material to sublimate both off the surfaces and from inside and leaving a tail along their orbits. 
When Earth passes through debris from these cometary tails, the little bits of comet burn up in the atmosphere, producing what we call meteor showers. After astronomers first discovered Phaethon in 1983, they realised that this asteroid's orbit matched that of the Geminids meteors. This pointed to Phaethon as the source for the annual meteor shower, even though it's an asteroid, not a comet. But as we said earlier, it's on a cometary path through the solar system. And when you think about it, if a comet runs out of its volatiles, what's left but an asteroid? In 2009, NASA's Solar Terrestrial Relations Observatory, or Stereo spacecraft, spotted a short tail extending from Pantheon as the asteroid reached perihelion during its 524 Earth Day orbit. Now, regular telescopes hadn't seen the tail before, because it only looms when Pantheon's really close to the Sun, too close to be observed by most telescopes. But Stereo is a solar observatory specifically designed to look at the Sun. It also saw Pantheon's tail develop on later solar approaches in 2012 and in 2016. The tail's appearance supports the idea that dust was escaping from the asteroid surface when heated by the Sun. The problem is in 2018, another solar mission imaged part of the Geminids debris trail and found a bit of a surprise. The observations from NASA's Parker Solar Probe showed that the tail appeared to contain far more material than Pathon could possibly shed during its close approaches to the Sun. So Zhang and colleagues wondered whether something else other than just dust was behind Pathon's comet-like behaviour. Now, we know that comets often glow brilliantly by sodium emission when they're very near the Sun and the authors suspected sodium could likewise serve the key role in Pathon's brightening. An earlier study based on models and lab tests suggested that the sun's intense heat during Pathon's close solar approach could indeed vaporise sodium within the asteroid and drive this comet-like activity. Hoping to find out what the tail's really made of, Zhang and colleagues looked for it again during Pathon's latest perihelion in 2022. He used the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory spacecraft SOHO, a joint mission between NASA and the European Space Agency, which has colour filters that can detect sodium and dust. Zhang's team also searched archival images, both from Stereo and SOHO, finding the tail during 18 of Payton's close solar approaches between 1997 and 2022. In SOHO's observations, the asteroid's tail appeared bright in the filters that detect sodium, but didn't appear at all in the filters that detect dust. In addition, the shape of the tail and the way it brightened as Phaethon passed the Sun matched exactly what scientists would expect if it were made out of sodium, but not were it made out of dust. Still, one important question remains. If Pathon doesn't shed much dust, how does the asteroid supply the material for the Geminids meteor shower each December? Zhang suspects some sort of disruptive event a few thousand years ago, perhaps a piece of the asteroid breaking apart under the stresses of Phaethon's rotation, caused Phaethon to eject the billions of tons of material thought to make up the Geminids debris stream. But exactly what that event was remains a mystery. Phaethon is named after the son of the Greek sun god Helios. Legend has it Phaethon almost destroyed the earth by stealing Helios's chariot and then scorching the earth with the sun, almost causing the apocalypse. Just as a side note, the 5-kilometre-wide asteroid is classified as potentially hazardous. That's because its orbit brings it close to the earth. This report by Jeff Novano from the Science Museum of Virginia. Asteroids have dramatically altered Earth's history in the past. 
and it's only a matter of time before another one wanders too close for comfort. The asteroid Phaethon. Now we know 20,000 of these asteroids well enough to give them names. Out of these named asteroids, Phaethon is the one that gets closest to the Sun. Its perihelion distance is just 13 million miles. At this distance, temperatures can rise on Phaethon to 1400 degrees Fahrenheit. Phaethon was discovered by the IRAS Observatory in 1983. IRAS was launched to study the skies in infrared light. More recent observations of Phaethon by our stereo observatory shows that it nearly doubles in brightness at its closest approach to the sun. Now, this is very unusual for an asteroid, but it suggests that Phaethon is releasing bits of dust and debris into space. We call these bits of dust and debris micrometeoroids. Earth moves through the trail of dust and debris from Phaethon every December. Look up and you can see it in the Geminid meteor shower. So we've got trails of dust and debris, but where do they come from? Well, to answer that, we need to answer where Phaethon comes from. Studies of light reflected off of its surface show that it may be part of a larger asteroid family that broke off of the third largest asteroid, Pallas, many years ago. All of these asteroids are known to have clay on their surface, and when clay is heated to 1400 degrees Fahrenheit, it can explode. So the trail of dust and debris, the micrometeoroids released by Phaethon, and the Geminid meteor shower may be the result of an asteroid that is slowly exploding. And that report comes from Jeff Nirvana from the Science Museum of Virginia. This is space time. Still to come. A dead NASA satellite crashes back to Earth in an uncontrolled re-entry. And later in the science report, new research shows that polar ice sheet records have tumbled during the past decade. All that and more still to come on Space Time. An out-of-control dead NASA spacecraft has crashed back to Earth, smashing into the ground in northern Africa's Sahara Desert. The United States military says NASA's RESI spacecraft re-entered Earth's atmosphere, moving northeast near the Sudanese-Egyptian border. NASA says most of the spacecraft would have burnt up in the atmosphere, although some pieces, especially those made of stainless steel or titanium, were expected to make it to the ground. RESI, the Ruvian Ramadi High Energy Solar Spectroscopic Imager, was launched into low Earth orbit aboard a Pegasus XL rocket in 2002 on a mission to study the Sun. Following communications difficulties, RESI ceased scientific operations on the 11th of April 2018, remaining in a stable low Earth orbit, which gradually decayed due to atmospheric drag. During its scientific operations, RESI observed the high-energy electrons that carry a large part of the energy released by solar flares using an imaging spectrometer, which recorded X-rays and gamma rays from the Sun. Before RESI, no gamma ray images or high-energy X-ray images of solar flares had ever been taken. The mission documented the huge range of solar flare sizes, from tiny nanoflares to massive superflares tens of thousands of times bigger and more explosive. RESI also improved science's understanding of the Sun's shape, 
and it showed that terrestrial gamma-ray flashes, that is bursts of gamma rays emitted from high in Earth's atmosphere over lightning storms, are more common than previously thought. When it ceased operating, Resi became just one of a huge cloud of space junk orbiting the Earth. Space surveillance networks are currently tracking over 30,000 pieces of orbital debris. These range from small CubeSats up to giant expended rocket booster stages. And they're just the bits big enough to be detected. There are millions of smaller pieces of shrapnel and debris, 10 centimetres or less in size, also up there. All of them flying at 28,000 kilometres per hour and all of them destined to crash into anything that gets in their way. And that's happening more and more frequently as more and more space junk gets up there. And that's a real problem. You see, in-space collisions generate new clouds of debris, and these in turn increase the probability of future space hits. Ultimately, it could produce a devastating cascade of destruction known as the Kessler Syndrome, in which space becomes just too dangerous to launch anything into. This is Space Time. And time now to take another brief look at some of the other stories making news in science this week with the Science Report. A new study has shown that polar ice sheet melting records have toppled during the past decade. The findings, reported in the journal Earth System Science Data, have confirmed that seven of the worst years for polar ice sheet melting and ice loss have occurred during the past decade, with 2019 being the worst on record. The satellite data shows that ice sheet loss during 2019 was a record 612 billion tonnes. In fact, the melting ice sheets now account for a quarter of all sea level rise. That's a five-fold increase since the 1990s. The findings are based on data from 50 NASA and European Space Agency satellite surveys of the Antarctica and Greenland ice sheets taken between 1992 and 2020. The melting of the polar ice sheets has caused a 21mm rise in global sea level since 1992, almost two-thirds of which, that's some 13.5mm, originated from Greenland, with the remaining third, some 7.4mm, coming from Antarctica. A new study shows that an amphibian-killing fungus is more widespread across Africa than anyone realised. The fungus, Chytridomyces, is a key reason why more than 40% of amphibians worldwide are in danger of extinction. A report in the journal Frontiers of Conservation says scientists analysed almost 17,000 amphibian species from across Africa, finding cases going as far back as 1933. However, infections suddenly soared dramatically in the year 2000 for unknown reasons. Scientists have developed a single metallic coating treatment for clothing or textiles which can repair itself, repel dangerous bacteria from the wearer, and even monitor a person's electrocardiogram, that's their ECG, heart signals. The researchers from South Korea, the North Carolina State University and Flinders University in Adelaide say the conductive circuits, which are created by liquid metal particles, can transform wearable electronics, opening the door for further development of human-machine interfaces, including soft robotics and health monitoring systems. You can read this study in full in the Journal of Advanced Materials Technologies. 
Apple's just had a big win in the courts. But what does that mean for you? With the details, we're joined by technology editor Alex Saharov-Royd from techadvice.life. Yeah, so Apple has actually won its court case against uh, Epic, the makers of the Fortnite game, who wanted to avoid paying Apple the 30% commission that it charges on sales. Apple gives developers access to a 1 billion plus user base. And, uh, you know, it's not free for Apple to run the store, keep it free from malware, make sure that all of the infrastructure is up and running. So Apple has been cleared of uh, violating antitrust law by disallowing competing app places on iPhone. Now, there is talk that in Europe, Apple will be forced by the European laws to have a third-party app store, which Apple will probably charge developers to take part in so that uh, they still make money out of that. But the court also said that Apple needed to allow developers to place links inside the app so users could make purchases outside the app store. So a minor win there for people who want to avoid some of those fees, but it's yet to be seen whether there's going to be third-party app stores on iPhone globally despite this win because it looks as though it's going to be uh, forced to be the case in Europe, and um, Apple may have to eventually roll that out worldwide. And uh, also, AI is back in the news. What's going on there? A couple of things. One, Apple is said to be working on an AI health coach known as Quartz, which will run on your Apple Watch and presumably on your iPhone as well. Now, that's all probably still yet to be fully uncovered. I mean, it's from a Matt German tweet from Bloomberg. There's also talk that Apple's virtual reality headset can run hundreds of thousands of apps when it launches. It will need a portable battery to clip to your belt, for example, uh, but that allows the headset to be much lighter. And there's also talk that OpenAI, the makers of ChatGPT, tried to actually trademark the term GPT, which stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. And that uh, request was uh, denied. Uh, they're, they're appealing that. But there are so many things out there now that use the word GPT in the maps of all sorts competing AI apps as well, that we're yet to see whether or not OpenAI is going to win in that regard. But I think the, uh, the genie is out of the bottle. I don't think they're going to be able to get that one back. And then also some Australian developers are working on an AI chat system that is designed for deaf people using uh, sign language. In this case, Australian sign language known as Auslan. They can now sign to this app called Zelda and receive sign language back. Now, it's still obviously in the early stages. People communicate through sign language. So, I mean, that's the way people talk to each other. So to have somebody signing something back to you, I mean, you feel like you're having a conversation. That's Alex Saharov-Royt from techadvice.life. That's the show for now. Space Time is available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday through Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Acast, Amazon Music, Bytes.com, SoundCloud, YouTube, your favorite podcast download provider, and from SpacetimeWithStuartGary.com. Space Time's also broadcast through the National Science Foundation on Science Zone Radio and on both iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio. And you can help to support our show by visiting the Spacetime store for a range of promotional merchandising goodies. Or by becoming a Spacetime patron, which gives you access to triple episode commercial free versions of the show, as well as lots of bonus audio content which doesn't go to air, access to our exclusive Facebook group and other rewards. Just go to spacetimewithstuartgary.com for full details. And if you want more space time, please check out our blog, where you'll find all the stuff we couldn't fit in the show, as well as heaps of images, news stories, loads of videos, and things on the web I find interesting or amusing. 
just go to spacetimewithstuartgary.tumblr.com. That's all one word, and that's Tumblr without the E. You can also follow us through at StuartGary on Twitter, at Spacetime with Stuart Gary on Instagram, through our Spacetime YouTube channel, and on Facebook, just go to facebook.com forward slash Spacetime with Stuart Gary. And Spacetime is brought to you in collaboration with Australian Sky and Telescope magazine, your window on the universe. You've been listening to Spacetime with Stuart Gary. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. 